the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin. I'm in for Andrea Kay. Andrea Kay is on assignment tonight. Don't worry, she'll be back tomorrow. Great to be with you again, Ed Martin. I'll be with you this hour and next hour also. We come in for the Pro America Report. But right now we're in the Andrea Kay show, and I'm oh really pleased. Uh, sh- <laughs> she lined up a uh, great guest in a few minutes, uh, at Joey Gilbert, who's a lawyer who's uh, fighting the fight, taking it directly to, you know, I'm, I'm so sick of, Everybody tweeting that they're mad and everybody's upset that this and that. And, you know, all the the conservatives and Republicans are saying, oh, I wish they would stop burning everything. I wish they would stop bullying us. I wish the governor would stop doing this. Well, Joey Gilbert is over in Nevada and he's got a lawsuit that's got the governor of Nevada right in the crosshairs. Oh, I shouldn't say that right in the uh, in the hot box of the of the courts in this case to try to get things resolved. So we'll talk with him in a few minutes and uh, later. We'll talk with uh, our old friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker. He is a professor of business uh, in the heart of America, but he spent a number of years over in um, China and Asia writing books and uh, for the Wall Street Journal as, jur- as a journalist, and he'll give us an update if there's some hot stuff going on in North Korea, and he's also good on the economy, so we'll talk with him later. Before we get to that, let me give you a little warm-up. I've got a lot to cover in my own show, the Pro-America Report, and if you want to track me down, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. You'll see what I'm up to, and you can sign up there. I send a daily email out at 5 a.m. Pacific time. You'll get that in your inbox, and that uh, gives you what you need to know. And you, I, I got a bunch of stuff I'm going to talk about on my show, and so I'm filling in in here for Andrea and I was thinking what could I what's the number one thing if you're just popping in here you just listen to Seculo over there and you're kind of what is going on and actually Seculo Jay Seculo and the team there were covering this towards the we're covering Flynn towards the end but let me um, let me tell you this one thing a few minutes before we get to our guests one thing to think about um, I mentioned I'm sick of I'm just sick of being bullied by everybody and today Two Republican appointees on the U.S. Supreme Court sided with all four liberal Democrats. And by the way, the liberals never do this. They never side with all the conservatives and make us feel good. So today, Chief Justice Roberts voted with five others, four uh, liberals, Chief Justice Roberts, and a sixth, which is Justice Gorsuch, who wrote the opinion in a case that basically, with the stroke of a pen... Six unelected, unaccountable, uh, termed for life, you know, life tenured uh, bureaucrats, judicial bureaucrats, rewrote the law. 
And it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter who you vote for. It doesn't matter who your president is, who your senator, your house member, who your governor. It doesn't matter anything. The nine justices on the Supreme Court have decided that they will rule the world and certainly dominate America through their pronouncements. So today's decision, it literally was, and and you'll see the criticisms of it from people. You know, Justice Gorsuch was picked to replace Justice Scalia, who would have never done this. And basically what they did was they said, well, the law was written... The law was written to protect against discrimination. It was a Civil Rights Act, but specifically discrimination, it was clear, against uh, sex, you know, male or female. So that was clear. And the court decided that they would rewrite it, and by, again, a a majority, six to three, two so-called conservatives siding with the the liberals, and they just decided they're going to rewrite it. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, one of the women, one of the people I like so much who's been out there on a lot of these uh, appointments, she was uh, out in the front and center in the fight for Justice Kavanaugh, this woman named Carrie Severino, and she's the president of a group called uh, Judicial Crisis Network. She herself clerked for the U.S. Supreme Court, and uh, she, she said this today, Justice Scalia would be disappointed that his successor has bungled textualism so badly today for the sake of appealing to college campuses and editorial boards, end quote. And what she means by that is, today... In order to, who, make somebody feel good, I don't know who Gorsuch is writing for, the editorial board of the New York Times, the the campuses of Harvard and Yale and Columbia, but he basically said, yeah, we know that the law was written so that it would be applying to women and men and civil rights, but because we just think we're cooler and we're more important and we want to be liked and welcomed at the cool cocktail parties, we're going to rewrite this so that it applies to gays, transgenders, others, anyone who's got basically any gender confusion. So now in your workplace, you can claim gender confusion, and that can be a claim under the Civil Rights Act. You know, there's a point here where actually the feminists and the, and the, and the uh, black activists ought to be mad because a bunch of these laws were written to protect those groups that said, hey, we've been wronged as a class. You know, we, we got the right to vote. We're women a long time ago, you know, 1920s, and, but we're still fighting uphill. We want some protection. We, we want some causes of action to say, ha, in the workplace, we were mistreated. And now they're re- basically rewriting this, not basically, rewriting it to allow the politically correct minority, the liberal, the liberal Taliban that is tearing down monuments and, and, and racing through our schools, our churches, and saying, aha, if you're thoughtful, you must be respectful. You must consider transgender the same as any other discrimination. You know, Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, who I know pretty well over the years, I'm from Missouri, you all may remember, and Hawley was quoted today, he said the court, and listen, this is really interesting, Hawley, Josh, uh, Senator Josh Hawley, who's gotten so much attention, you know, he's taken on the tech guys, he's been pretty fearless. Hawley actually was a Supreme Court clerk for Chief Justice Roberts. So it's kind of here he comes, and he, he today, he says, and he got lots of press for it, Hawley said the court's legislating what they think is good policy, and that, to me, it's not their role. I mean, I don't particularly care about their views on policy, said Senator Hawley. The right answer is over to Congress to do something about it, which is exactly the point. The system is set up with checks and balances. You know, there's another case pending before the Supreme Court. If you can believe it, they've had to go to the Supreme Court 
to try to reverse what happened when Barack Obama, as president, said, I want to give amnesty to all these illegals that were brought here as kids. And he said, I want Congress to do that. When Congress didn't do it, remember this? He famously said, I'll do it with a stroke of the pen. And he did it. He created by stroke of the pen something that Congress should have had to do. And when Trump came in, he reversed it by stroke of a pen. Now, you would have thought, going back to the status quo ante, that what was there before would be allowed. No, no, it was challenged. It's all the way up to the Supreme Court, who may rule that somehow what was done by a stroke of a pen can't be undone. Because why? Because the, the men and women on the Supreme Court have come to believe that they're not just a, a branch, a, a part of our ba- checks and balances, and frankly, what was designed as the, as the least powerful check. No, no. They believe they are now running the country and changing the world. So, you know, however many years ago, Obergefell, four or five years ago, Obergefell, the decision that uh, Justice Kennedy decides he's going to rewrite the definition of marriage. He doesn't care if you voted in California, if you voted in other states, doesn't care. He's just going to decide because he's smarter than you are. He's more important than you are. And he doesn't even have to abide by the the elections that pick senators or 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 or, or US house members or or uh presidents they don't even have to be guided by that and again i'll just go back to this the it's the it's the conservatives that always do this they always come over and try to make these grand gestures. You never hear the liberals. You don't get like, you know, uh, Kagan and Sotomayor who say, well, this time we'll just come over and we'll allow limitations on abortion. They never do that. And the reason why they never do that is because they know how power works and they don't care. They don't care to be pressured. They don't care to play games. They just utilize power. They don't care about principle. They care about power. And our side, meaning more conservative folks who want to see the Constitution's text be honored, who want to see the values we hold dear upheld, we look at it and we say, well, they'll do the right thing. They'll pick principles over politics. Nope. No, they don't. No, they don't. And I was speculating today that maybe... In the coming weeks, there's about two more weeks of decisions. We'll get decisions coming out. Could be more tomorrow. Maybe we're going to see the um, court do lots of conservative things. And, you know, someone speculated. I heard someone on the, on the radio today said, well, maybe they're about to do some really conservative things. And, and Chief Justice Roberts is thinking, well, to balance the institutional criticism of the court, you know, for hold the court's institutional integrity, he should do something like this. And my answer is you either do what's right or don't do what's right. You either have a theory that governs how you look at the law and the Constitution, or you don't. And if you don't, then you're going to flop around and you're going to be led by the the latest rage, latest mob. And you'll go for Black Lives Matter or Occupy Wall Street or Bernie Bros or Tea Party, whatever the sweeping one in at a moment, and you'll never have principles. And the thing about guys like Scalia and Justice Thomas still there... You never have to wonder. Those guys know. They, they knew what they knew. They knew the system they believed in, the Constitution. And whatever they said, they were willing to take the lumps for it. I'm telling you, the, the pressure of the modern culture, the deterioration of the American culture, and the pressure of the modern culture, it, it, it's, it's degrading 
our institutions. And today, the decision to rewrite the law to say, hey, it was supposed to be a civil rights law, but now we'll extend it to transgender and other rights like that. It's just it's a disaster. It's bad for the country, but it's really bad law. It's bad precedent. All right. We got to take a break. We got to take a break because we're coming back. We've got some great guests and we got to keep moving. We're going to in a minute talk to Joey Gilbert, a hotshot attorney. He was a boxer, uh, has some Sylvester Stallone boxing in his background. We'll talk about that. And we will take your calls. If you want to uh, give us a call, it's 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. We'll take some of your calls. It's the Andrea, excuse me, it's the Andrea K Show. I'm Ed Martin filling in. She'll be back uh, tomorrow. Don't worry about that. Go to at Andrea K Show on Twitter. Check her out on Facebook. And we'll take a quick break and be back. It's Ed Martin here on the Andrea K Show. Be right back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin in for Andrea K. Great to be with you tonight. Thank you for listening here on AM 1170 San Diego and, of course, on FM 96.1 North County. Appreciate it very much. Andrea K. will be back tomorrow. and uh, But she did. Before she was out, she lined up a great guest. And I'm really pleased to talk with this gentleman because, as I just mentioned, there's two things that make me infuriated right now. One is not enough people are fighting back, meaning, hey, find the path where you can get into the fray. I'm not saying you have to go, you know, drive to... Minneapolis to, to to fight off the Antifa or go to Seattle to see what they're doing to each other there. I'm saying find the path where you fight back. The second thing is, you know, we need some people who understand what's happening to fill us in because the fake news is brutal right now. It's brutal and it's throwing us off. You know, it makes us crazy if you watch the fake news, but it's also throwing us, throwing us off the path. Well, our next guest is Joey Gilbert. Joey Gilbert is an attorney. Actually, he went to school up here in San Diego and he's, he heads up Joey Gilbert Law over in Nevada, where he uh, went to school and was a fighter. He's a boxer, a successful uh, champion, national champion boxer. But now he's uh, fighting it out with his law degree. And the key thing here is a lot of folks I know have told me about how hydroxychloroquine, especially with zinc, is is effective, and more importantly, it doesn't hurt you. So why are they trying to stop you? Well, Joey's leading folks that are fighting back against the governor of Nevada, as well as some other folks. So welcome to the program, Joey. How are you, sir? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Appreciate it. Well, listen, first, yeah. Yeah, first let me ask you this. Um, what is the state of play in Nevada? You know, in, in play, I'm out east. And in, in, in um, D.C., the, the, the mayor a, is a full-blown fascist and locked it down. In Virginia, we're starting to break through. Maryland's halfway between. What's Nevada? Where's your governor? Is he yielding at all? Are you finding that you're, you know, people are getting their freedom back? Or where are you? No, you know, the guy's a complete imbecile. At the end of the day, the, you know, this this whole thing has been, you know, wrong from the jump. And no one's, uh, you know, willing to call it like it is, which is, a, which is total BS. And at the end of the day, let me just say this, this. This is something that they know they can get in front of. They're not doing it. They want the panic. They want the fear. They want the cost. They want all, everything to come, that's coming from this with the shutdown. And with now even dumping over into rioting, you know, I I went to a a Black Lives Matter protest here in Reno. I wanted to see it. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to, you know, see things from a different perspective. And there were a lot of angry people there, angry about everything, angry about business closures, angry about, you know, the, the debt, angry about all these different things and scared. 
people scared, fearful for if they get this, will something. But at the same time, thousands of people are protesting, and at the, and at right. the same time, they know um, that when used early on, when used in its in its initial phases of diagnoses, once you know you have uh, the disease, if you use hydroxychloroquine and what they call the therapeutic use window, you can shut down infect, inf- the infectability ratio. You can shut down the, how, the, how severe the symptoms get. And at the end of the day, it's your body degenerating, you know, from the disease itself. It's actually, you know, being starved of oxygen, vital organs shut down. It's a, it's a bad deal. And it's a bacteria. Not a, there's just so much out there that's, right. that, like I said, is fake news and, you know, and scare tactic, pandemic, you know, just, just baloney. It's, it's, it's insanity, you know, to be quite frank. Well, at the end of the day, this is a dangerous deal and it can really hurt people and people with medical issues. It can definitely affect but the majority of the you know, population is fine, and they need to stop this you know, craziness and open, open the states. Yeah, we're talking with Joey Gilbert, who's an attorney and who has, has led uh, folks in Nevada in pushing back. So, Joey, as I'm getting ready for the show, I noticed the number one story on Politico, which is left-leaning, of course, is that the FDA ends emergency use of hydroxychloroquine for coronavirus. Now, you have to read down into it to realize, I mean, the FDA is not banning the drug, right? They're not saying it's no. unsafe. No, They're it's, saying it's as to one usage, right? Dude. Here, here, yeah. here we go. Here we go again. And then it's the fake right. news spin masters like, oh, it didn't work. No, here, here's, here's what the headline should have read directly underneath it. Attention, hydroxychloroquine effective, you know, m- mainly when used early. Or hydroxychloroquine right. HDC only effective when used in, you know, early on. If you wait till they get to the ICU, it's a wrap. And they're putting people right. on ventilators that shouldn't be put on ventilators. No one should be on a ventilator, quite frankly. No one. They should have everybody on Max O2, you know, the big, with a big mask, you know, pumping as much oxygen as they can, giving their immune system a chance to kick in, giving them hydroxychloroquine, all that point, it's probably too late, probably zinc, high-dose vitamin C is in, 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 in IV form, and they're not doing it. And, again, this isn't rocket science, brother, man. I mean, this is go look at the country of South Korea. Don't, anybody that's listening, don't, don't take another word out of my mouth. Call me a kook. Say I'm a conspiracy theorist. Say that I'm not a board-certified doctor and you can't find the sources. Say whatever you want. But then do me a favor. Type in hydroxychloroquine South Korea dosing protocol and just look it up and see how that country, now I'm talking a nation, the nation of South Korea has less than 400 deaths. The state of Nevada is just climbing over 500. Nation of South Korea next to China, state of Nevada, okay? And what did they do? Look at their dosing protocol. Hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc sulfate. And guess what? Six days. Six days they're putting this thing down if they stick to this. And then everyone's going to go, oh, my God, oh, my God, heart arrhythmia, heart problems. Okay, calm down, everyone. Take a deep breath. FDA-approved medication, 70 years, written off-label for 30 years. Okay, you can lower the dosage. No one's heart's going to go nuts. If you're giving them 100, 150, 200 milligrams of hydroxychloroquine, but what's it going to do? It's going to open up that cell membrane, let that zinc in there, and shut down that virus multiplication and growth. Game over. Yeah. Right. But they don't want uh, to do Joey, that because I, I, it's a cheap malaria yeah. med. 
Again, we're talking with Joey Gilbert and Joey Gilbert Law. If you go to, I'll put it up on social media, but joeygilbertlaw.com is his site, and then you track through. There's a whole bunch of stuff. And but, but let me ask you about one of these. There is a you have initiated legal action. In fact, the better website for folks if they want to see what the fight. And it's not only Joey Gilbert, but he's helped one of the leaders in helping. COVID nineteen Nevada Strong dot com. COVID nineteen Nevada Strong. So Joey, um, what did you do legally? Right. What 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 are the what are the pathways for you? Are you are you helping doctors do it? Is it patients are going to do it? How do you yeah, I, I, how do you fight the fight in the well i mean thank you that's a great question first of all um how can anybody how can everyone fight the fight well you can get vocal and you can post and share and like anything you see on my social media but again don't take my word for it look at go find the doctors out there they're speaking they're getting censored and pulled off youtube faster than they can go up but you got doctors out there saying like this stuff works. It works if used early and give them high dose vitamin C. Like, what are you doing with these ventilators with people? You know, you're going to kill them. If you go on a ventilator, you got like a 15% chance of, of, of coming off of it, which is not good with guess what? Lung problems for life. So it's a scary thing. And what I would encourage anyone to do is to get vocal, post and share and like, and, and really spread the information that, that the fake news won't share and then if you're an attorney like me, I, first of all, I want to say I've had the help and assistance of some amazing legal minds, people that have written me from out of nowhere, people from California, all over California, actually, San Diego for sure, Los Angeles, uh, retired attorneys, current attorneys, and hey, Mr. Gilbert, take a look at this. Hey, brother, look at that. And you know me, I pride myself on coachability, so I take anything, and we run stuff down. You know, we have lawyers sending up stuff, you know, from Yergo's firm, from, you know, you've got uh, Hermit Dillon up there in San Francisco. So we get oh, yeah. to exchange some stuff. But, you know, we're, we filed lawsuits and we said, hey, you can't come between a doctor and a patient. That's a that's a basic right. It's a constitutional right. It's a constitutional right of doctors. I'm, they can insert on behalf of their patients to have access to the best medications, of, and especially if they're FDA approved. I mean, this has been used off-label for years. I mean, they were using this to go into Vietnam, all right? They were using hydroxychloroquine for for malaria then. So it's it's just crazy that they're not making this readily available and easily accessible. Where? To the homeless population, to the nursing homes, should all be treated prophylactically with it. And, and I'm being told that there are elected leaders everywhere treating prophylactically and using hydroxychloroquine. So I'm just, I mean, I'm telling yeah. you, man, I've got, everyone's got friends in, in, in places, and I'm just being told yeah. that there are a lot more people using this than we, than we know. Well, and, and with Joey Gilbert, uh, and at, by the way, it's at Joey Gilbert Inc. on uh, Twitter and on Facebook, uh, Joey Gilbert Law. Yeah, you know, the, the president of Peru, he, he's a young guy. He's like 38, I yeah, think, he, and yeah, or 37, he said, 38. All world leaders are using it. I mean, come <laughs> yeah, on, bro. Yeah, of course yeah. Trump's using it. <laughs> he's, he's stupid not to. Any of our guys that go right. to Africa deploy, they take it. Plaquenol. Right. It's nothing. Yeah. Now, Exactly. No, and 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 the Peru president though was great because he basically said, you, "You guys, I know all the all the big leaders are taking it. You can figure out why. You know, like I mean, we're not taking it because we all thought it was trendy. We're being told by the people that want us to stay alive to take it. So, all right, Joey Gilbert, thank you. We'll put it up on social media. Thanks very much. Keep us informed on things. Uh, Joey Gilbert, Joey Gilbert Law, very very important and especially fighting backs. Appreciate that very much. Uh, we'll talk Absolutely. again uh, soon. I'll keep you on the call list. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Andrea K. You're listening, to Andrea. K show here on AM 1170 San Diego FM 96.1 North County we'll be right back 
Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin filling in for the great Andrea Kay. Don't worry, she's on assignment. She'll be back uh, tomorrow night. Let me say thank you uh, to her great team, including the great DJ Potato Skins, uh, for producing the show, keeping us online. Uh, appreciate it very much. And uh, again, she'll be back. Andrea Kay will be back tomorrow. Keep an eye on her at Andrea Kay Show on Twitter. Uh, well, our next guest, I was thinking as I was asked this afternoon or earlier today to fill in, I thought, who am I going to check in with? Because later on, in the next hour, I got my own show, the Pro America Report. I hope you'll stick around for that. We've got a couple of guests in there, but I thought I'd introduce the Andrea K. crowd, uh, reintroduce uh, to my friend Dr. Brett M. Decker. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's written books about American politics, about China, about uh, Asian politicians. One of his books is about the one of the dominant Filipino leaders and what went over there because uh, Dr. Decker was, before he became a professor in uh, the middle of America at Defiance College, he was a uh, journalist with the Wall Street Journal Asia and the editor page editor the Washington Times, so he knows Asia, he knows uh, politics, and he's a uh, good guy. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Decker. How are you? Good. Sounds like it's all Ed all the time out there on the West Coast. <laughs> we got uh, always a Ed on there. That's right. It's a, this punishment. People didn't have enough purgatory uh, on their plate, so they're going to take some of this. All right, listen, Dr. Decker, um, you know, first of all, I, I want, I'm watching now the coverage, which is sort of muted because we've got to watch, you know, the, the possibility of cities burning and we've got to watch the Supreme Court rewriting the law of the land and all these things. Uh, but the North Koreans uh, late today, they, they say they're going to invade South Korea. Is that what is that real? I mean, what's going on here? Well, they you know they do this every few years, and a lot of times when you see um, when you see Pyongyang do something desperate like this, it, it, usually it's because they're running out of some resource. Their oil is getting low, um, or their grain supplies are running low. So they kick up a stink. They threaten to do something, and then usually the West usually we buy them off. We send them food to to, <laughs> to stop their starvation right. or whatever it's been, and it's been going on for decades so um you know and also look people have been distracted with covid so i think rocket man's been in hiding i think he probably needs some attention right he's a child you know trump was giving him all this love and now no one's talked about him for for months so you know i, I think he's like you know look look at me i you know there's other stuff going on in the world, but I want attention too. I think that's what it is. It's a temper tantrum. You know, and and I guess the point is, uh, if you don't know that, you think, uh oh, here we go. And the reality is, uh, North Korea can't afford to fight a war, no matter what. They can't. They can't really fight a war. But but I've always said this. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker, and and you wrote a book about China uh, called Bowing to Beijing, which is I know you mentioned uh, years ago. Uh, then not even a candidate. Then businessman Donald Trump read it and called you up and talked about it. But you, your your perspective on China, you know. Uh, North Korea can't really keep the lights on without China's permission, right? And so they're really a vassal state almost entirely. So is are they being neglected even by China? Well, what's the state of China? We hear a lot about our own economy struggling. Uh, I do know that China is struggling, too. What, what What's going on between the big boy and the block over there, China? Yeah, those are great subjects. One, you know, the relationship between China and North Korea is one reason why North Korea can't do anything crazy and 
like bomb Japan or attack or invade South Korea, because China and North Korea and the media overlooks us all the time. Um, they have a mutual defense agreement. So if North Korea goes to war, China's obligated to defend them. Well, China doesn't want any part of this, right? So, so uh, <laughs> you know, you can just dig dig behind and see when things aren't very serious, you know. So, um, but the Chinese economy is in um, huge trouble right now, um, right? Not only um, with the COVID disaster, right, shutting down all their factories, even if their factories were operational. Um, demand uh, for overseas sales totally stalled because no one else is buying anything either, right? They're an export-driven economy, selling all their junk to us and the Europeans, mostly. But we're not buying anything. No one's going out. People are in lockdown. They're not going to the store. Our factories were closed down, so they didn't need any of the the, um, outsourced material from China. So China was struggling just because of COVID, but also, really, you know, they've been, it's been a one-two punch because President Trump has been uh, very tough with them, right, as far as the, right. the sanctions and all the trade restrictions. And, and that's something they feel in their wallet immediately. So um, if you just look at their balance sheet this year compared to last year, everything is down. Like, everything's in the negative. They're just not down. They're in the negative. Retail sales, um, investment in Chinese assets. Um, overseas sales, domestic consumption. It's just down, 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 down. And the margin for error in China is very, very, very slim. So they're they're on they're on thin ice. You know, they're they've been moving millions of people from the countryside to the city. Um, and that's a very delicate balancing act because everything is on such a huge scale there. So if you're relocating, I mean you're talking about hundreds of millions of people gradually moving well, all those people need things, need the infrastructure, need the business, need the economy in these places to be able to sustain this new population. So um, any upheaval any in, in, in sort of their financial situation is very dangerous very quick. And, and that's, I think, uh, I think that's what they're really worried about now. Um, you, you know, they, they, they don't have anywhere else they can go. Um, so, you know, a, a downturn is very dangerous for, for Beijing. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker, and again, uh, but Dr. Decker, closer to home, you know, and I know you wrote a book on uh, Trump and, and uh, a New York Times bestseller, um, and here we are in this economy, uh, you know, three, four, five months ago, we would have said the Trump economy, wow, you know, unbelievable job creation. Now we're in this sort of, after the great pause, we're in the great restart. But the, uh, how do you explain the stock market? I mean, you know, the stock market is back up? I mean, it's climbing up uh, towards where it was. It's taken longer than it looks like. Is that because the big businesses have figured out how to survive? Meanwhile, Main Street is still is still paying a bigger price? Because it feels like nobody's back yet, but it looks like the stock market is coming back. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the big, you know, companies that have public uh, investment and sell stocks, um, some of them had, right... They tend to have well, well. One, you do have a lot of bankruptcies, right? I mean, all these retail um, out, retail companies, but industrial manufacturing, things of that nature, financial uh, companies. Uh, some of them have assets they can um, fall back on to get through a few months, right? If you start talking about a second quarter, a third quarter, 
of no productivity that's dangerous. But if you look at the auto company for auto companies, for example, they had a, a lot. They have overcapacity, and they had a ton of product sitting on their lot. So a little right. bit of time lets them sort of go through their inventory and clear it out. So um, the, the the stock market partially is looking at that and saying, okay. Now we need to get back to work, and companies are opening up, so they're if they're temporarily looking at it as being a positive trend. Huh. All right. Um, we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker. Let me shift over. I, 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 you have never published it, although you shared it with me and others. You wrote a memo uh, to, I think, to candidate, no, to uh, businessman Trump uh, when he was considering running for president, talking about the politics of it. And you'd worked in the in the White House and in the Bush administration and knew uh, politics. But and it was prescient. If you ever publish it, I think people will see it. But uh, you are, of course, are at Defiance College in Ohio, is where you live and teach now, and grew up in Michigan, and and the heart of America looks like the path again for the presidency pennsylvania wisconsin michigan uh ohio to some extent what's it look like in that belt now how does how does the politics of the fall for uh donald trump versus joe biden look i mean currently we're in this kind of corner right just like like in the last election the polls were all down but then in 2016 national polls had trump down by 10 10 points two weeks out right so Right now, the polls aren't very good. Um, one, uh, even if you think those polls are a little skewed, which they are, the poll numbers still aren't great in Pennsylvania, right. Michigan, Wisconsin, even in Ohio. He's not that strong right now, right? There's, there's no electoral map that you can make, um, right? Why, why Trump won is no, pres- no president, no Republican since Reagan had won, um, you know, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Ohio all at once, right? These Great Lake states. And there's really no map for Trump to win without those states. So um, Biden has a huge advantage because he can really plow in tons of resources in places he knows Trump needs to win. Now, the, the, the flip side of that is these are industrial places, places that are hit hard, but that were doing great in the Trump economy. Um, and in general, people don't hold... Uh, you know, the coronavirus against Trump. So if we can get started up again, get the economy rolling, get people back to work, these are a lot of people that realize Trump taking on China, Trump having a different position on trade that favors putting factories back in America. This is kind of Trump country here, right? Even when I go to Michigan to see my mom, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, a ton of Trump signs out already all over Michigan. So um, I think... You know, a lot of it depends on COVID and if we can get the economy back again. If the economy starts moving, I, I think Trump gets back into the, the pull numbers shift and he looks good again. Is the um, but I guess that's a question. I know, I know you, everybody wonders, but I mean, is the economy poised to felt like a couple of weeks ago it was coming back? And then, you know, after the media covered uh, the riots for 10 days, they turned and started covering and said, oh, the covid is going to come back. It's going to be a second wave. It's a disaster. Everybody shut down fetal position, friends. And the Fed uh, chairman Powell gives a speech and says, yeah, economy may not be coming back. And then poof, everything sort of slows. Yeah, what's your best bet? I mean, are we? Are we in a restart or are we in a in a uh, I don't know, a, a flatten, you know, don't call it a recession, but something. Where do you think we are? One area I'm really concerned about, you know, you mentioned the stock market and it's hard to know if that relates to anything else. Like you mentioned, um, I am really concerned about small business health and um, that the Chamber of Commerce mentioned recently that 
80% of small businesses in America are saying they're getting ready to reopen. And that was reported as a good thing. Well, wait a second. That, does that mean 20% aren't reopening, right? That's a lot of employees <laughs> right. that still don't have jobs. Um, and the longer this happens, right, a lot of places are saying you can incrementally open. Well, I, you know, I've talked to, to people that own restaurants and bars in Chicago and other places. And they're like, look, opening up 25% doesn't do me any good. I, I'm losing money on that. I can't, I can't ca- you know, call all my people back on a partial opening. So um, I think we really need to come back and need to come back and open totally for small business to rebound. And small business, unlike big business, right, they're on, on, on very thin margins, a lot of times month to month. Yeah. They can't go yep. months without income, right, without revenue. So I think this small business is something to keep your eye on. Yeah, I can't think of it right now. I was talking to Dr. Brett M. Decker, and I got to run, but I, I can't think of the place I was where I came around the corner and there was a restaurant that was closed. I thought, oh, shoot, that's closed until it opens. And then it said on there, closed for good uh, and for sale. You know, the, the lease was for sale or the building was for sale. And I thought, huh, you know, you, you writ large, you may get these you may get these a uh, lot of businesses that come back to something like where they can hold their own, but they can't, you know, but as you say, if 20% go out of business, it's a huge ripple. All right, we got to run. Dr. Brett M. Decker, New York Times bestselling author, professor at uh, Defiance College. Uh, thank you for the time, and we will uh, have you back on again, as always, Dr. Brett M. Decker. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It's the Andrea K. Show here on AM 1170 San Diego, FM 96.1 North County. Be right back. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin filling in for the great Andrea K here on the Andrea K show. She'll be back tomorrow night. Great to be with you. Appreciate the time. And a few minutes from now I'll start my own program just over the top of the hour. The Pro-America Report. I'd love to have you stay around for that. I'll give you a little preview of what we're going to be talking about. I've got a couple guests next hour. Uh, Dr. Charles Brunson, who's going to talk about the, uh, he's an expert on church history, ecclesial history, talk about how the churches have reacted, specifically how the Catholic Church has handled the shutdown and what they've done poorly and what they've done well. He's a very interesting commentator. That'll be uh, fun to hear from him. And we'll catch up on a number of other updates. Let me give you a couple things. I'm, I'm My friend is a 96-year-old resident of Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. Monument Avenue is the avenue that goes a long, beautiful avenue that comes from downtown Richmond out towards the suburbs. Big, uh, two big lanes with a big island of trees in the middle and every five or six blocks, a major monument. Uh, Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, Arthur Ashe. One of those does not go with the other, but you get the point because they've added some monuments. Well, she's lived there for 50 years, and uh, recently they near her where she lives is the Jefferson Davis Monument, and they tore it down. They knocked it down, and they threw um, rocks at her back fence and uh, not, not pleasant stuff. And I tell you, next hour we're going to talk more about it. I'd love for you to come into the conversation. Uh, but one of the things that I had someone use this phraseology, when it comes to remembering our history, you got two choices. You can either reconcile yourself with the past, meaning that not everybody's perfect in the past and you can come to conclusions about what to honor, who to honor, how to do it as an adult, or you can sanitize. And what we're seeing is the sanitizing. And the problem with sanitizing is uh, he who does the sanitizing is the judger, right? Is the, is the judge and the jury. And we're seeing some ugly stuff, 
ugly stuff. Uh, I think it's real misjudgments about how we relate to each other. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And But let me give you what you need to know. I really want you to come back for this. Over the top of the hour, I'm only going to give you a little preview. But uh, two two days ago, uh, Saturday, in Virginia, Central Virginia, there was a, pri- a challenge. A, a Republican congressman lost his seat in a Republican convention. And the media is frantically trying to say it happened because... The incumbent Republican congressman, his name is Denver Riggleman, happened to be officiated a gay marriage. But that's not what was at the heart of the race. The man him, who beat him, whose name is Good, soon to be Congressman Good, who won the general election, he ran uh, on this simple thing that the incumbent was voting over and over again to support illegal immigration illegal immigration tended to be soft on illegal immigration tended to be so, uh, for bringing in all these different uh, uh, visas that take American jobs and, and, and uh, pick foreign jobs foreign workers over Americans and also he uh, the congressman Denver Riggerman who lost was uh, for all these wars overseas and objected to pulling back and I guess my point here is that the heart of Virginia and I'll talk more about this next hour the heart of Virginia five or six years ago delivered the upset of Eric Cantor by Dave Bratt on the issue entirely of immigration. And two days ago in central Virginia, in southern Virginia, another congressman incumbent beaten. It's hard to beat incumbents. Most districts are gerrymandered. Most congressmen have so much power. And he was beaten on the same issues. Are you putting Americans before foreigners? Are you putting Americans before the corporations that exploit the foreigners and the cheaper labor? That's what's at stake. That's what you're going to hear me talk in more detail about, because it's uh, it is a it that issue has not gone gone away. People tend to try to uh, move off of it. They think, oh well, you know, is that the uh, you know has it come on to other things? And then let's talk about uh, uh, you know these all these other things as the social issues and all that. No, no. At the heart of it is the question of who's first, the American people. Or big business, big swamp, and everybody else. All right, one more thing we'll talk about next hour, which I'll just mention to you. I hope you'll track this. Lots of coverage of President Trump walking slowly down a ramp and maybe shaking his hand when he picked up a glass of water. And they're writing stories, breathless stories about how is his health. Here's the trick box the media is doing. They're trying to say maybe he's not healthy enough. They wish. But the problem is they're walking Joe Biden into a trap. Because when you start asking about who's healthy... There's nothing like Trump's energy. There's nothing like Trump's uh, push. It doesn't look as healthy now. It looks a little heavy. But my goodness, Joe Biden looks like a half a man, half the man he was six months ago, let alone five years ago. So if they're going to talk about health, they're going to get caught talking about Joe Biden and what he looks like. So that's a lot more of that. We'll talk about it in the Pro-America Report. Hey, it's been great to fill in for Andrea Kay. I have a great deal of admiration for her. She does a super job, and she's built a, a great set of uh, listeners and a community of followers. I really appreciate the chance to be in here with you all. She'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry. Andrea Kay will be back. Track her down at, at Andrea Kay Show on Twitter. Follow her on Facebook. And uh, thank you for listening. Again, I'll be with you in just a few moments. Stay with us here for the Pro-America Report after the top of the hour. And we'll be back for that. It's Ed Martin here on the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170 San Diego, FM 96.1 North County.